It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Take a look at the five and ten. It's glistening once again with candy canes and silver lanes that glow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every store. But the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. A pair of hop-along boots and a pistol that shoots as the wish of Bonnie and Ben. Dolls that'll talk and will go for a walk is the hope of Janice and Jen. And Mom and Dad can hardly wait for school to start again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go, there's a tree in the Grand Hotel. One in the park as well. It's thirty kind that doesn't mind the snow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Welcome to Straight for the Muzzle, folks, where we are anything but straight. My name is Space, and I am your only host for Spaced Out. I just want to let you know that, yes, that was my voice. And yes, I do sing. Sorry, I was closing a window. <laughs> it's cold outside. I maybe have mentioned it once or twice throughout the seasons of Straight from the Muzzle, but I do sing. I just don't do it very often, more or less, because I get stage fright, you know, and I used to be forced to sing all the time when I was a kid, so I never really did it when I got older. And so only a couple, like, and I say a couple of friends, I truly mean like maybe one, two or three people have ever heard me sing. Other than that, it is very minimal. So there you go. There's your little <laughs> musical. All right. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the Christmas season of giving. I know it's it's so stereotypical to be talking about that, but Christmas is my favorite time of the year. Christmas isn't a day, even though it is on the calendar. For me, it's the whole shebang, the whole package. It's the one time of year where everyone just gives a crap and then they actually do something because they want to or because that's what they've been told to do. Either way, I'll go ahead and take it and say it's the one time of year where people actually care about other people because it's that time of season. Plus, Christmas lights go up. It's typically snowing. Everyone's bundled up. I love sweater weather. So yeah, we're going to be talking about basically a term called selflessness or altruism, which we'll talk about in just a minute. As I've mentioned before on the last time I did this, I'll give you guys like personal updates about myself. And then of course, if anyone sends us a question regarding, you know, the podcast, or if they send us a speak pipe, which I've been really, really, really stressing that you guys should do, it's really easy. All you do is you click on the link in the information below, it says speak pipe, you put in your email, that's it, so that I know who it's coming from, click to record, click to send, that's it. You can go up to five minutes now. I was metering it, but I'm going to let you guys go up to five minutes. You can say whatever you want. And then if it's, you know, up to standards, <laughs> meaning like you're not swearing all the time or it's not like, you know, NSFW, I'll probably put it in the next podcast episode, not the podcast, because that would be a whole not whatever. Um, so personal updates about me. So the last time I did this, I was about to go to therapy. And now I am in therapy. So I think I've done like four sessions. I've got another one this week. Oddly enough, it's at 8.30 at night. But the therapist said that's because a lot of people like me usually get off work around, you know, late afternoons, like 4.30, 5.30. And sometimes they're not able to get to an appointment earlier in the day. So 
he's actually opened up much later in the evening, which is quite nice. So I've been going and each time we go, we discuss ways that of how to handle a situation. And I feel like the more I've gone, the better I start to understand myself better. And the more I start to understand how to take, I guess, ownership of the situation. So I've learned like a breathing technique. It's a really simple one too, but it's it's nonetheless a breathing technique. Sometimes I listen to, you know, thunderstorm rain like videos in the background while I'm working because that helps calm me. So there's just different things that we talk about. We do a scale of how I'm feeling that week. So for instance, one is I'm feeling amazing and ten is I'm feeling like shit. So I think once last week I said ten. It was a bad week last week. Literally was. Last week is pretty much kind of going into this week as well, but I'm trying to make the best of it. So I'm learning a little bit on how to deal with that. But he always asks me, you know, so where's your anxiety and depression today on a scale from one to 10? And so I think um, hopefully if I keep a good, broad, you know, perspective of things and I kind of just roll with the punches, I'm pretty sure that I'll probably say it's like a two or a three. I never really say one because (laughs) no day for me is actually perfect, but I kind of just kind of go with what I have. So that's where I'm at. So I used to not go to therapy because I used to not trust them. But now I find myself addicted to going because every week I get to go there and kind of just spew what I've gone and dealt with. I get to me talk about something that's happened in my past and kind of resolve it. And it's been really nice. So for anyone out there who's thinking about maybe not going to a therapist, I'm going to go ahead and say do the opposite and go because it's definitely worth it. All right. So the next thing on the agenda is to talk about Christmas spirit. What is Christmas spirit? I don't know. I just kind of actually I'm going to Google it right now. What is Christmas spirit? And let's see what the Google tells me. Christmas spirit is how someone acts who loves Christmas and shows it by being kind to others. Also, it is a spirit of wanting to give and help people in need. So the spirit of Christmas, again, like I said, I just love this time of year, goes along the lines of two particular words, which is selflessness and altruism. The selflessness and altruistic or altruism are basically the same thing. They have like this, I'd say they're like parallel with their meanings, but they both, you know, at the finish line have like the same end goal. What does it mean to be selfless? Well, to be selfless means to not necessarily care as much about yourself, not like in the way that like you're crappy and you're being, you know, you're sad and stuff. It's more or less not being as selfish and focusing more of your time on others and me. So for instance, we'll use a classic example here. Let's say you're going to the grocery store and you see one of those ringing Santas. You know, they're always ringing for like the Salvation Army. You might put 25 cents in there. I'm going to go ahead and say that if you give money of any sort, that's that's pretty much selflessness right there. But if we're going to go down the true meaning of being selfless or doing a selfless act, there is a difference between giving money because that's what you've been told to do or that's what you've always done, and then giving money because you truly want to. And they look similar, but they're not. They're completely opposite. Wanting to give something or at least giving money because that's what everyone else has done. That's what your parents have done, but they never really like said or explained why. That's like a passive, I guess you could say, meaning of being selfless. But to actually give, like let's say you give more than a quarter, like say you give a dollar or five or 10 or 15 or 20, if you're rich, maybe a hundred. I'm not, so I usually do whatever in my pocket change-wise. And then if I have a dollar, which I never carry cash, but if I do, I usually give it to them. To 
give extra knowing where it's going, that is a selfless act because you're wanting to give for something that's going to go to somewhere else. And you know that that's never going to come back. Another good, I guess, example of being selfless would be like, I guess the difference between being selfless and kind of just doing what you're told is a birthday. Now, typically for a birthday, let's say you give a present to a friend, okay? That's what you've always been told to do. You give a present to a friend who's having the birthday because that's what the stereotypical thing is to do. There are other people, though, will actually go out of their way to make their day special and will give because they want to and then not want to receive anything in return, also known as personal gain. That would be a true selfless act. So I guess one way to really kind of sum it all up, the podcast that we do is basically one giant selfless act. So I pay for like the subscriptions for certain things to make the podcast run. I pay Buzzsprout, which is our host that holds all of our podcast episodes. And then, of course, they also provide just a boatload of avenues for people to listen to. So once one of those is Spotify. A lot of you guys listen to us from Spotify. I pay a lot of these different things that are going on. It's coming out of my own pocket, and I do not take donations, nor do I accept money from anyone. I do it because I want to, not because I have to. And those are two different things. Because I want to, because I want to see others have a chance to learn about the fandom, maybe make some new friends, join our Telegram group, have a better experience than most, that is a selfless act right there. But let's say you run a podcast, but you're doing it for money. That would not be a selfless act because you're putting money into it, but then you're also accepting money back, not as a donation, but as a subscription. So you're getting something as a personal gain in return. That would be a classic example of what it's not to be selfless. So basically the podcast is pretty much like that. If I ever do end up taking money, which I don't think I ever will, just because that's not the kind of person I am. I like doing things because I want to, not because I have to or need to. I just do them. That's just the kind of person that I am. There's also something that I do at work with a coworker called the UCC. Now, the UCC is called the Unofficial Celebration Committee. And we're kind of like a rogue (laughs) committee that operates behind the scenes. Our managers know about it, but no one else does. And what we do is we look through the calendar of all of our associates. And to give you an idea, there are 19 facilities within Utah, and then that's both up in Idaho and I think some in Nevada. And in each of those facilities are anywhere between one to four people that are working medical records. And then there might be like birth certificate clerks and analysts and other people. Right now, we're just called facility support. That's the kind of broad team that I'm on. What we do is we go through the calendar and we see whose birthday is going to come up. And then we create a custom gift just for them. And the reason we did this is because we both recognize that the year of 2020 sucked balls for everyone because that's COVID-19. It really just took pretty much all the fun out of everything. And if you try to have some sort of joy, that was about as good as it was going to get. And so that this year, we decided we didn't want that to be the case. So in May, we formed the UCC. And what we do is we go out and we customize, tailor these gifts to each individual, and then we send it out to them. And this is coming out of our own pockets. We know for a fact that we're never going to see that money in return, but that's not why we're doing it. We're doing it because we want to see others happier. We want to see others, you know, have a bit of joy for their birthday. And the coolest thing about the UCC, which I got to say is probably one of the most, I guess you could say unintentional like rewards, is when people message us back. 
people will send us emails or they'll send us messages. And they're usually like paragraphs long of gratitude of why it means so much that they did this. Maybe they were having a bad day. Maybe someone died in the family. Maybe something just horrifically happened. And all of a sudden, like the courier brings a package for them and it's a gift for them. And they didn't expect it. And they open it up and they see all these cool things that are interest for them, completely done for them. We'll like, I'll custom design specific things. I'll even make things that look like came from the movie or it came from something else. But I'll do whatever I can to make every single little bit of an experience unique to that person. And I think my favorite, my absolute favorite, which is also one that I hold kind of dear to my heart, was one where we sent one off to a facility support member out in Riverton. And she messaged me back and it was just this huge wall of message. And I found out that her stepdad, who she was very close to, passed away. And she had just gotten the call that morning when she got into work. And so she was just kind of like in a state of, you know, chaos, basically. And she was sad and she was crying. And she's like, and then the courier brought in this box and he said it was for me and I wasn't expecting anything. And she said when she opened it up, she saw all these different little gifts and knickknacks. Like she really loves giraffes. So I wrapped the box in a giraffe print. I had different things that I bought off of Amazon and went around and looked for that were very unique that she would like. And she looked through all of them and she just kind of like, I think she even called me and she was crying. And I'm like, I, I'm so happy that she got it. Well, the best part is, is that she actually took a couple of days off bereavement. Bereavement usually means like if someone dies, you you take time off to grieve and then you come back. That's what bereavement is. Well, when she came back from bereavement, I guess my other counterpart, Dina, who I work with to do the UCC, had also sent her a gift as well. And it was the day that she got back. Now, she was still sad and everything. But then we both get this like group message. She's like, I don't know how to thank you, but... What you've done here is just astronomical. I I mean, and she kind of like bore her heart. Dina had painted her like a watercolors giraffe and framed it and everything and sent it off to her. So when she got back, even though she was sad, she got another present at the second part of her birthday gift to her. And it was something to welcome her back with. And I'll tell you what, ever since that particular gift, I've made sure that every single person that I do something for is so special and so unique for them. And sometimes I shell out more than I should. But in my opinion, I think it's worth it. This is what I love to do. I love giving back. I love helping others. I love seeing other people be happy. That is the kind of person that I am. So if I have to give one piece of advice to all of you, and I do apologize if my voice is a little raspy. It's been raspy all day. If I have to give you one piece of advice from this one particular episode, is to take time to recognize someone else other than yourself, and help them out. It doesn't mean that you have to buy them something. It could be as simple as you walking in, saying hi, and talking a conversation. It could be as simple as pulling down your mask and smiling and just kind of mouthing the word hi to someone as they pass by. It can be simple things like that. It could be as simple as you going into the kitchen and doing the dishes, even though your parents didn't ask you to do it. You just did it. Things like that, little things, really add up and it really makes a difference in someone else's life. You have no idea what the other person's going through. So just doing one simple act can make waves in a pond or a lake than you thought that wouldn't really make a difference. So that's my little piece of advice to you guys. I do want to turn our time over to the interview that we have. So we are interviewing a wonderful friend of ours. And I'm not going to say who it is because you're going to have to listen for that. But I'm going to go ahead and turn the time over to that. 
All right. So I have a special interview from one of our listeners. And you've been actually emailing us a few times and you initially wanted to do an interview or an episode with us. Is that right? That is correct. But at the time, I was just like, uh, I don't know. The age thing kind of like threw me for a bit. And then as I started to do my first spaced out episode, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and allow it. And if parents want to get involved with it, even better. Do I call you Wyatt? Do I call you Wyatt Van Rokel? Oh, Wyatt's fine. Wyatt? Okay. So is that your furry name? It is not. What is your furry name? I go by Artemis. Artemis? Artemis, yes. That's cool. Oh, Artemis, like the book Artemis Fowl. Yeah. I like that book, by the way. I think it's a cool book. Good movie, too. <laughs> I hadn't seen the movie yet. I thought about it. It's pretty good. I'm like, oh my God, they made a movie? Oh, rad. I did a book report on <laughs> Artemis Fowl back in high school. So it's not probably the best book to do a report on in high school, but hey, it was a good book. So I've got a couple of questions for you. As someone who normally conducts interviews with guests from just all over the world and in the fandom, I thought it'd be a little bit more fun to kind of get to know you and our fans just in general. So I've come up with a few questions for you. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself, such as like, we know your fursona name, but we don't know your species, what country you come from, and how long you've been in the furry fandom? Okay, so my species is actually a kitsune wolf. It is a kitsune fox and then a red and black wolf oh, mix. that's rad. I am from the United States. Awesome. And then I've been in the furry fandom for about a year and a half. How did you discover the furry fandom then? And what's your favorite thing about it? Funny stories. It was actually my friend who was getting bullied and being called a furry. And I didn't know what it was at the time. This was about a year and a half ago. And I just started doing research on that. And at the time, I was doing anthropomorphic animal drawings. Rad. And so I was looking it up. And I'm like watching YouTube videos and stuff, trying to figure out what it is. I'm like, after I did figure out what it is, like, huh, I, I think I am one of these. And then I started like questioning and whatnot. And then a couple months later, I was like, yeah, I am one of those. And then the, my favorite thing about the fandom would have to be like the openness. Like everyone's so welcoming and nice. Right. It's probably one of the coolest things about the fandom. It's kind of like like a, a fantasy world of misfits. People like out there who maybe don't really kind of belong to anything specifically, but have always wanted to be, now finds a place for it called the furry fandom. And it's yeah. really unique because in the fandom, we create our own art and then we're fans of our own art and then of other people's art. Whereas in other fandoms like, you know, comic, anime, those are already set made characters. And while people can make fan art, it's really just not the same. It's not like the same kind of feeling, friendship, kinship, all that kind of fun stuff in the fandom. So, Right. It's all like custom. Yeah. It's all custom and it's all different and it's all pretty much accepting too, which is really nice. Yeah. Did your parents know that you're a furry and what the furry fandom was? Not at first. I didn't tell many people about it until later on when I was more sure of myself and more like starting to get open about it. Yeah. And when you told them, did they kind of know what it was? Did they have their like already mixed feelings about it? I mean, I don't know, actually. I think they didn't know what it was per se. I think they've heard of it before, but they were pretty chill about it. So they're pretty supportive then? Yes. That is a very unique, I guess you could say, reaction. 
Because a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people will get that my parents don't support it and I have to leave or, you know, I just, I can't be who I am. But that's also a common response from a lot of furries who are much younger. And I'm finding that with our podcast specifically, we used to cater to a lot of, I guess, young adults in their 18s up to like mid 20s. But now we're finding that a lot of younger people are starting to follow us too, which I think is great. But it's a very common response to hear that parents don't support it. And that's probably because they just don't understand it. Most people don't. Really, like no one really does. And of course, you know, when we don't understand something, we fear it or we automatically throw up guards about it. And that's just a natural human instinct. And that's kind of what parents do. I went over that in my first episode, basically not defending a parent, but kind of like explaining why a parent does what they do. And in this case, if a parent doesn't really know what the furry fandom is, what they'll end up doing is they'll just throw their guard up and say, no, we don't support this. You know, I've seen this, this, that, and the other. And you can do everything in your power to try to overturn that on them, but their mind is set in stone and they're doing what they think is best as a parent to protect their child, essentially. But that's really cool that your parents are very supportive of it. That's awesome. Because the fandom is influenced by art and creative minds, I was wondering if you happen to be an artist as well, or perhaps a storyteller or even a YouTuber? Well, as I said before, I like to draw the animals and whatnot. So I'm an artist, but most people don't see my work. It's more private stuff. Have you tried uploading it to maybe like Fur Affinity or there's a new place called thefurrynetwork.com, which is really cool. It's quite unique. I haven't actually. I'm not that good at drawing. I I might upload it eventually, just trying to get for a feel of like what art style I like. You know, my husband was like that too. He started drawing, but it wasn't really sure if he wanted to share it or not. But now he practices at least like one to two hours a day. And I've seen his art go from kind of like basic, where everyone kind of starts off at, into this very intermediate and advanced stage now. And I can very much tell the difference between practice and kind of just doodling around and stuff. So if you keep practicing and you keep devoting to it, you don't have to do it necessarily every day, but devote like a good amount of time to it, like 10, 15 to 30 minutes a day or so, or every other day, you will see your art actually improve over time. And it's definitely worth sharing too. Twitter's a really good option. I guess Twitter's the new for affinity from everyone tells me. <laughs> so no one really goes to FA. I don't even use FA anymore. I only use it to like research upcoming guests and stuff. And that's about it. Gotcha. I use Twitter mostly and Instagram. How did you come across our podcast? So I was actually on Spotify and I've always liked listening to podcasts. And so I was looking around for a podcast, well, about furries and see like people's perspectives and whatnot. And so I was just looking around and I stomp on you guys and I listened to a few episodes. I'm like, this is really good. I actually, I love this. (laughs) What is it about our podcast that you really like? It's like, you guys explain like so much and in detail, it's like, I feel like I'm like actually there and you guys are just like so friendly and whatnot. It's one of my, it's always been something with me since the beginning. Before Straight from the Muzzle, we were used to be called Fur Media and we used to do live streams on YouTube every week. And so the whole point with that was to be able to interact with our fans because they could also chat and ask questions or, you know, share a story. And then we could take that and share it live. And then that live recording would become an episode that night. We wouldn't edit 
anything out of it because we felt like everything that they heard should be everything that they get to now watch and listen. It wasn't just, we didn't do like webcams. We definitely always had art on our monitors and things that we can go and show them how to do what and where we do a review of like a guest or their website. And it was a lot of fun, but I wanted to keep that kind of that same core value over to the podcast. And I still wanted us to be just as friendly and just as, you know, interactive, but I guess you could say like more real than most furry podcasts. There's the difference between like podcasters are doing it for fun and then, you know, doing it, you know, just maybe gain a couple of like followers for popularity. And then there are those like us who do it for fun, but we also want to make sure that you guys get the best value out of it, the best explanation. And then if you have any questions, we delve into those or those topics because that's important to us. If you have things that you're not quite sure about, we want to talk about it so that way it can be easier for you to understand it or for you to spread and share that with anyone else as well. Right. Do you have any, if you have a favorite episode that you've listened to so far? Favorite episode? How many seasons are you in so far? I was starting on season one. I think I got all the way through season one and then like halfway through season two. And then I started listening to like the more recent ones to keep up. Nice. (laughs) Seasons one through I think six and maybe seven and a half. No, I think seasons one through six were all edited by me. It was, I had no idea how to edit and I just kind of had to like, you know, hit the ground running and go for it. And I would use audacity to edit with, but I really didn't know what I was doing. And it wasn't until this recent season that I actually brought on an editor who also shared the same, you know, values as all my other hosts do. And so he came on and he started editing and it was just like the most beautiful thing I've seen because it's like, I don't have to do it anymore, which is really nice. I can take more time to be in the chat, answer emails, which I know I'm not so great at as, you know, with our email, I do apologize. (laughs) It's not like I actively, you know, don't answer emails. It's just because I either forget or get sidetracked. And then I'll see it on my phone and be like, crap, the email me? Shoot. (laughs) It happens like life just keeps going. It does. It does. Well, all things considered, I thought you edited your podcast pretty well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. But you didn't answer the question. What's your favorite episode so far? Oh, they're all like really good. I don't have... I know. I think they're all my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, you can pick a couple. It doesn't really matter. Uh, and if you don't remember their title names or what the topic exactly was, that's okay. I'll accept all if you want to. I mean, I really don't. I can check. I mean, they're all really good. I mean, they just keep me so intrigued. I just like, I don't want to stop. <laughs> That's good. There's one. Oh my gosh. There's, there was actually two that are like some of my absolute favorites. The first one was our interview with Ash Coyote. Oh. And oh my gosh, I'm already forgetting his name, but he's a filmmaker and they worked together to create this documentary. And it ended up being like a really long recording. So we split it up into like two episodes. And then we added a bonus like material onto it as well, because there was a lot that I had to cut out to make for time. But in that bonus material, there was a lot of stuff that we ended up talking about that was so funny. And it wasn't like canned laughter. It was like legitimate, you know, in the moment kind of stuff. And I'm like, this is the stuff that I love so much. This is the best kind of crap right here. (laughs) 
So there was that one. And then there was one that we were talking about. Bean and I were doing a review of a furry, we'll say an, an adult furry magazine. And she kept referencing certain things. And we were looking at different art from the magazine itself. And I could oh, not I figure out. <laughs> I just, I was so airheaded and so dumb about <laughs> the whole thing. And I just felt like at the very end of it, I'm just like, this is stupid. I feel so stupid right now. And as I'm editing it, I'm like, this is gold. <laughs> I actually, I, I, I kind of remember that episode, actually. That was, that was hilarious. It was a fun one. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And it just gets better the more seasons you get into it and the more episodes you listen to. There's also really like heartfelt ones that kind of just pierce your heart and then make you cry a little bit. And we do that on purpose as well because we want people to feel genuine reaction of feelings when we're talking about specific topics. Yeah. I guess I could say last question here. If you could do anything in the furry fandom, what would you do? Oh, there's so many things I want to do. That's a tough one. Ooh, talk about them. Um, I mean, for one, I kind of want to, I've always wanted to like go to the fur conventions and meet people I've been like watching on YouTube and others that aren't as well known, like get art and whatnot. Yeah. Like I want to get a commission to actually have my persona actually like from my mind onto paper so I can actually like look at it and see my imagery. I can definitely recommend a few artists. There's also a group on Facebook, and it's furry art under $20, which is really nice because there's a lot of really good artists in there that are just like slam dunk, but they also have really good values for what they put out. I also have my artist, Dear Dog, and she does a lot of our own art, a lot of our... <laughs> It's basically whatever I throw at her, she creates. And that's the best part about <laughs> it is because she'll either say yes or no. But for the most part, she says yes. And then she kind of just like sees my idea and then puts it into like an actual picture. And that's what I absolutely love about that. So she's very like very broad and can work with practically anything. So I can give you a couple of artists after the show. I can email you a couple of good references and then you can go from there and see what you want to do. Okay. Are you by chance in our Telegram group? Do you have Telegram? I do not. Okay. That's okay. I mean, you can have it on your browser. I think you can have it on your desktop and you can have it on your phone as well. And then we have a group in there that we chat a lot with. It's just our main chat group per se, but not a problem. I will get you what you need to get. Okay. I did have some questions for your parents just because I wanted to know what their reactions were. Did you happen to get any answers from them or did you just kind of skip over that? I did not. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Not a big deal. We did do a really long time ago. This was pre-podcast. We did an episode about parents of furries and their perspectives of it. So I'll probably just end up doing another episode, but a more, I guess you could say, up-to-date modern version of it. And I'll reach back out to you again to see if I can get your parents to kind of respond. They can respond via email if they want to. Okay. Just certain questions and stuff, because it's really nice to kind of get perspectives from different people and different parents, because everyone has their own perspective and opinion on things. Yeah. So before we let go, do you have any questions for me? I do not. That's okay. Actually makes it a lot easier. <laughs> I don't have to come up with an answer. <laughs> People get really nervous when it comes to interviews. That's why we try to come up with questions for them. For the most part, what we did here with sending you questions is what we do with all of our guests first and foremost. And so initially doing a Q&A kind of like 
using chemistry, if we were to go not with set questions, we would kind of just do questions where, which is what we feel was the best question to ask next after a response. But with yours, that's pretty much what we do is we send them to our guests and then they say, yes, no, can you change this? And then we change it. And then they go with that, which, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's pretty good. Yeah. One thing I didn't have on here but it is totally family friendly. And it's one question we always ask a guest. And if you have listened far enough, you might know what that question might be. But if you could give advice to any furry out there in the fandom, what would you give? I would give just be yourself. Like there will be people who hate you, but then the furry fandom is welcoming and you will find those like really good friends who'll stick by you if you just be yourself. That's the perfect answer. There's never a right or wrong answer, but there's always a perfect answer, answer, and that is one right there. I want to thank you for coming on and, you know, letting me interview you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We will definitely do a topic later on next year where we'll have you back on again, and then we'll go on like a full episode. And this time it'll be, you know, Sparrow and I, or one of our hosts and I. You can choose a host if you want to, and then I can get them scheduled and we can do an actual episode. Okay. Any topic you want. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. Sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is the end of our interview with Wyatt. So, Wyatt, I thank you for coming on and doing this. My pleasure. Absolutely. And I guess we'll go ahead and just continue on with the actual episode itself before we let go. Well, before I let go. So, thanks for coming on. And we'll see you for the next episode coming up later on in 2022. Okay. So I want to thank everyone for listening into our show. And once again, thank you, Wyatt, for being here for that interview. This is the last episode of the year. We are coming back in January for season eight. And as a reminder, we are not going to be doing multiple seasons within one year. Each year will represent a season and we'll go produce for two months, take a break for a month, produce for two months, take a break for a month. And that is how we will do it all the way through the year, just so that we don't get burned out. If you guys ever have questions, you're more than welcome to email us. You can at talktothemuzzle at gmail.com. If you want to send us a voice message, which I am highly encouraging you all to do because it's 100% free to you, is to just send us a message. And that information is just down below. It's called Speak Pipe from the Muzzle. All you got to do is click on that link. It'll take you there. Send your recording. Done. It's just another way for you guys to connect with us. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on your computer. I think you can do it on a tablet. It just, you know. It's available to you for you to use. It can be confident, uh, in confidence. That's what I meant. It could be a question or something that you just want to say and get off your mind. You can send us whatever you want to. Hell, if you send us something that's even like, oh, that's space. He's such a dick. I don't care. I'll still listen to it. <laughs> you know, uh, I may not put it in the episode, but I'll still listen to it. So you got that going for you right there. For anything else, you guys can reach us out on, reach us out, reach out to us on Telegram, on our Telegram group. That's where we all chat. There's like 80 people in there, but only like maybe five or six people chat at a given time. I've thought about like reducing those members, but I don't know who of all the other members don't actively like chat in the group. So you think I would know that, but I doubt. So that's it. Anyways, Happy holidays to everyone. Merry Christmas, if that's what you celebrate. And we'll see you guys in January of 2022. Bye.